You're listening to B2B Nation, a podcast from Technology Advice, designed to help marketers navigate the modern B2B buyer's journey. Here's your host, Mike Pastor. Confession time. If there's one cliche that annoys me more than maybe any other, it's everything old is new again. But like a lot of cliches, it lives on because it's got a kernel of truth to it. I think you're seeing almost a resurgence of the contextual piece coming back to advertising, which I think is is really interesting. How do I make sure that my message is in a place that is going to resonate with that person, right? And I think that doesn't mean that you know, programmatic is dead or that you shouldn't be on search or, or you shouldn't be on social. I think it's just about making sure that creative speaks to the user in the space that they are and what they're in that mindset to do, right? That's Jason Gladue, who leads Avani Media. Jason and I first brought you a look at media buying trends back in 2021, and it was one of our most listened to episodes in the history of the B2B Nation podcast. So we're back and we're doing it again. We're going to cover what's new in media buying, what hasn't changed, and what was old then, but is indeed new again. Welcome to B2B Nation. Jason Gladue from Avani Media. Why don't you take a minute and tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, Jason Gladue, uh, I'm the president of Avani Media. We're a demand gen uh, agency that just works with uh, B2B tech companies, helping them drive ROI and ultimately save time and money. All right, so we last approached the subject of media buying about two years ago. It was one of our most popular episodes. It was the outset of 2021. Here we are still at the outset of 2023. What has changed the most for B2B media buyers in that time? Wow, Uh, I think that's a big question. Um, I think, you know, if you would have looked at the world before sort of the, the economic retraction and sort of like a lot of budgets being tightened, um, you probably would have said not a whole lot. I mean, the the programmatic shift still programmatic still takes up the largest chunk of of media dollars, um, especially in the digital space, along with like sort of the the paid search and and social worlds. Um, but looking at the environment now, I think you've got this really interesting uh, step back, or where you've got you know marketers, media planners, and buyers saying how best do I spend the money I have and what makes the most sense? And so you've sort of seen this huge shift of everybody moving their dollars, especially in the B2B tech world, to something that is going to drive revenue in the shortest term possible. For most marketers, that's looking like, how do I dump more money into paid search? Or how do I dump more money into some very specific campaign that's converting well. And ultimately what that's led to is, you know, the the fallacy of, Hey, if I put more money into this, it's just going to continue to work, which is not true, right? As you dump more money into paid search, you're, you don't get a linear uh, growth of conversions, right? It actually starts coming down. And so you start wasting more money as prices start getting bid up. Um, and so that's been the big the big fallacy. And you've got some really smart marketers saying, well, maybe I should take a step back and, and, and make sure that I'm, I'm still driving awareness or creating demand. And how do I do that? And maybe if I've been a brand that's solely been reliant on buying, or, you know, acquiring customers via paid, do I have the budget to do that? How might I think about it differently? 
Um, and if I don't have budget, how do I got, how do I get creative using the, the limited resources I have? And so you've got a, a, a really interesting mix of people doing things like, uh, how do I leverage, uh, social communities, right? Reddit's become super popular. Um, even from an advertising perspective, because it's a relatively efficient use of funds. Um, you've got people looking at um, how do I drive more engagement across the board before people get into market, because I've got to drive, you know, more awareness and consideration before I, before they'll even consider me to convert. Uh, and so I think those are kind of the big changes that we've seen from a media buying perspective. How would you gauge the temperature of marketers and media buyers right now? I think you and I were just talking, you know, at TA, we're kind of rethinking how we use paid media. I was just on a call with a client who's having the same conversations internally. You just said people, you know, sort of rethink. I feel like this economic uncertainty we're dealing with has been around for months already. Everybody says their resources are tight. So how does that get expressed in like the conversations you're having with your clients? Yeah. Overall, I think there's an immense sense of like caution of, I don't want to execute on some really big media spend if, if I don't have to. Um, I think you've got companies saying, Hey, we're not going to spend as much on advertising. Um, we believe we can drive more value via, you know, whether it's a sales motion or um, like a customer marketing motion which I think there's a lot of value to, to both of those. Um, I think the, the long story or, you know, like the, the longer term vision is, is likely that, you know, the back half of 2023, you go through the first six months of the year with, you know, companies cutting budget, um, keeping budget flat, but cutting headcount um, and a lot of just trepidation, a lot of like failure to act. And then I think you start seeing budgets sort of rebound back into the back half of the year as people say, um, hey, we've got to we, we've got to be out in market because what we were doing by dumping money into the bottom of the funnel, trying to just acquire people in market, either we don't have the brand recognition to do that. So we're losing those conversations because we're trying to join them too late. And so now all of those marketing dollars are almost lost, right? Like with awareness, for instance, you're you're unlikely to convert people inside of that quarter, right? You're spending money on on things that are a little bit higher in the funnel. You're just making sure that people understand, you know, that you help solve a problem and you're help, you're helping them identify that they might have a problem, right? They're problem aware and, and potentially solution aware. Now, if you just go to the bottom of the funnel, which you know what we're seeing is a lot of that budget just evaporates, right? Like you, you are either in consideration or you're out and there's no opportunity for that really to resurface later on. Um, and so those are kind of the conversations that we're having with a lot of, of marketers at the moment is where do we need to be from, a, a, you know, your company perspective, right? What, what we can operate, I think, as much as we want to have the conversation around like, hey, this is how it should be done because of all of these reasons, right? We have to... You, we have to acknowledge that there are realities, whether that's the the board has a directive, the the our marketer's boss has a perspective. Those things are all real. And so we've got to make sure we understand the reality, help educate where we can, but then also put something together that's efficient that is going to help meet 
as best we can short-term goals without just burning dollars uh, and trying to make sure we're, we're, we're setting ourselves up for the next three, six, nine months, if, if possible. I think the last time we spoke, you talked about having saving a little bit of budget to kind of test something new, mm-hmm. was it like 25% or so. Yep. I would imagine that's a really tough conversation to have right now with people. Yeah, say, that's hey. <laughs> it's it, what's interesting is it's a really tough conversation, but the conversations are still happening, which I think is really exciting. And so maybe it's not, hey, let's carve off 25% of the budget or you know, even 10% of the budget. It's what I think is happening is we're identifying interesting avenues, right? Because as the the global advertising market, especially as you niche down to B2B, and then you look at even some of the smaller sub-markets within that, right? Are we talking about, you know, the AI and data science market? Are we talking about the, you know, electronic manufacturing market, right? As maybe some of that spend starts contracting, you sort of unlock unique opportunities because publishers, you know, are hurting on revenue. Um, And so you're seeing publishers get more creative and agencies get more creative about trying to broach and create new opportunities. And so that looks like, hey, how could we like, should we try podcast advertising? But like, well, I don't know. Like, that, that seems interesting. It's it's top of funnel. We've got some data to support that it does help drive conversion depending on ASP. Um, should we do it programmatically or should we go direct, right? So I think you're getting some clients that are starting to have interesting use cases. And I don't know if that's because you've got a CMO who's excited, like is super into something like that. And now's the time to say, hey, either we can continue to do what we've always done, which is which is probably either stopping to work or you know we don't have the funds to execute at that high level and we can't we can no longer execute that play because we don't have the amount of money but if you got 5k is it worth testing this thing out and so i think you're actually we're seeing some clients maybe those test budgets are smaller but it's interesting to see how they're um thinking through some options there which which is really exciting so that's a that's a good segue into our next question because uh, I wanted I wanted to ask how the media has evolved. You mentioned Reddit earlier. You just mentioned podcasting, and you know in some fundamental ways, media buying hasn't really changed in the last couple of years since we had this conversation. But the media that's available is always changing. And one of the things I think of is the upheaval in social with mm-hmm. Twitter, right? Uh, maybe Facebook not as popular in some circles as it used to be. Yeah, I think it's interesting, right? You, you've gone from, let's talk about like iOS 14, you've talked about tracking and and targeting challenges on some of the social platforms. You talk about the lack of contextual advertising or ability to, to continue to make your brand safe on Twitter. You talk about brands joining TikTok and sort of the willingness or unwillingness to experiment on that platform. Um, you look at LinkedIn and, and talk about the potential you know, targeting from an AVM perspective, you, you can look at sort of the players from the the technology landscape that make some of those things possible. And then you look at the publishers, right? So I think from a publisher perspective, right, not a whole lot's changed. You're still buying banners, you're still buying webinars, you're still buying the things that a lot of traditional publishers have, have always leveraged. There's some that are getting, um, you know, trying to package and try to change things ever so slightly, whether that's an economic um, factor, trying to push more into the the, the deal. But what I think has, has has likely changed the most is, I think if you look back over the last, call it five years, right, you've had the surplus of intent vendors, right? Everybody's got an intent model. Um, I think you're, you're seeing a rapid acceleration of the intent space, um, whether that's everybody's got their intent model. So now because everybody has it, is there value to it? I think the answer is broadly still yes. 
but I think you're seeing almost a resurgence of the contextual piece coming back to advertising, which I think is, is really interesting. How do I make sure that my message is in a place that is going to resonate with that person? Right. And I think that doesn't mean that, you know, programmatic is dead or that you shouldn't be on search or, or you shouldn't be on social. I think it's just about making sure that creative speaks to the user in the space that they are and what they're in that mindset to do, right? If you're on, if you're more contextualized, you're probably better off serving something that is going to be consideration or, you know, conversion. Whereas if you're not in that space, and again, we're not selling t-shirts, right? This is, you know, selling, how do you sell a $2 million supercomputer? Um, obviously that's not a, a banner click to buy, right? You're not just filling out a credit card information to buy the supercomputer. Um, and so I think a lot of it is about how do you make sure that those touch points uh, in the creative speak to it are relevant and contextual. Um, and so I think you're going to see some of the contextual targeting re-emerge uh, in, in 2023. And I think one interesting bit of that is um, Bloomberg, I want to say it was late last year, pulled all of their ad, their inventory off of the exchanges and and are going to a direct sales motion there's value from a publisher perspective obviously you can charge more for that but i think part of that also is you're you're creating more contextual experiences uh for the users and the advertisers what is the most overlooked opportunities for marketers that are looking to buy media right now i think when resources get scarce people we stick to the tried and true tactics right we just kind of talked about this we know what works let's do it what are they missing, perhaps? Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. I think um, what you miss is, or, or what I see being missed when we when we talk with with customers uh, and just marketers alike is, you know, the, the default to stasis, the default to safe. There's nothing wrong with safe, but what I don't want people to do is default to assuming they know their customer assuming they know where they they frequent and and sort of stop building that relationship with them. And so I think there's some really interesting ways that you can go and, and, and sort of dive deeper and say, okay, well, we know, we think we understand our traffic. We think we understand our customer. Let's double check, right? I think, you know, SparkTora is a great sort of insight and tool that can help you understand where your, your customers um, or marketer are engaging. And what I like to do is understand like, oh, what podcasts are they listening to? It shows us what YouTube uh, creators that they subscribe to. And again, this doesn't mean we're going to go buy ads on that on that property, though we might, but it just helps us paint a bigger picture of, of who of who some of these folks are or who a segment of, of the folks are. It also allows us to, to identify unique, maybe niche or longer tail publishers where we can broker some, you know, whether that's an interesting ad buy an interesting partnership or a sponsorship opportunity, just something where we can create something that drives a lot of value for, for both the brand and the customer or, and, and like the prospects or users. And I think when you default to buying a lot of programmatic or just sort of doing what, what you've always done, you sort of lose out on some of that um, ability to create some of that magic with, with the, with some of the publishers and, and users. What is safe for your brand is likely safe for your competitors as well, right? So your share of voice, your ability to stand out, that's kind of the downside of safe. Yeah, it's safe, but 
<laughs> yeah. And then you, and then you look and sound and act just like everybody else in the space. And there's very little differentiation. And if you're not one of the fortune 500 or, you know, depending, like if you're not one of the top three brands in your category and you look and feel and act like them, it's going to be a hard conversation. It's going to be hard to, to, to drive differentiation and, and drive a user to make the choice of, Hey, your brand over, you know, the hundred year old competitor. Yeah. I always say you, you really don't get anywhere by shouting what everybody else is shouting. You don't stand out that way, but at the same time, it's also where you're shouting it. Mm -hmm. right? I think that that matters a lot. And it's, and, and I think, you know, I certainly understand the, the, the desire to be safe. Like I, I completely understand it from like an interpersonal level from the marketer, right? Like, do you want to stick your neck out to, to potentially do something that may or may not work? And, and I think the, the way that we help, Hey, like, let's walk through why we want to make the decision that we, that we do. And it's, and it's not because we think it's cool or we think it's flashy. It's like, Hey, here's the research that shows where the, where your customers are. And this is how they engage on that platform or in this, or in the context. And therefore we, in order to make you your brand resonate with the users in that context. We, we need to speak and act and, and be contextually relevant. And that might be outside of your comfort zone, but that's the reason we're making this, this recommendation, not because uh, we saw it on, we saw somebody else do it. We saw somebody else do a 3d billboard, right? Whatever the case is, right. We back it up with the logics and the facts and then say, now you still may not do it because it still may be pushing the bounds, but that's how, that's why we make the recommendation. It's especially hard to take a risk when the economy is not great, when business is down, when your team mm -hmm. is cut, right? you, we're all human and you go to the, what are the consequences for me going to be? Yeah. I, and, right? and, and, you know, I think the consequence of has, I think the consequences have always sort of been there. And I think that they're maybe on people's minds more now, but I mean, I think there's always been the risk of, Hey, if I sign that million dollar contract and it doesn't work, what happens to me? Um, I think from my perspective, you know, again, it's not my money that we'd be spending, but I feel, <laughs> I feel very much the same way. Like, Hey, if we're going to take, if we know irrespective of the dollar amount, right? Like even if we know, Hey, your $50,000 ad buy is, is deemed really risky internally. Well, we're going to treat it the same way and we're going to be nervous and we're going to help you through that and say, Hey, if we, you know, so long as we prove out X, Y, and Z, or say, Hey, this is why. And the reason we got there, do you think we'll be okay? Then let's take that leap together and make sure we're presenting sort of the roadmap for how we made that decision. Right. It also speaks to the importance of the testing, right? To say, okay, we're going to do 65, 75% tried and true and safe. And we're going to do 25% is going to be, it's almost like investing, right? You, yeah. some, well, right? The conservative mutual funds, the aggressive mutual funds. Yeah. And it's like, you know, when um, I was talking with a, a another marketer who's who, who does quite a bit of podcast advertising and and it's like you've, you've generally got a few options with podcasts, host Fred or programmatic or generally the two that you can do. And a lot of people just like in radio opt for host red because it seems more authentic. They tend to drive better um, results. But the fact of the matter is you can't track it, right? Like it's it's not trackable. And so when you run programmatically, you get more hyper-targeted. You kind of can be, you can track. You know, there's downsides to hyper-targeting. It might not perform as well, but it's like, you kind of got to, you're never going to know those things unless you test. 
And unless you take that little chance on saying, hey, podcasting is not small, right? I mean, it's been around for a long time. It's picking up steam. I feel like every time we turn around, it's it's more and more people are listening to podcasts, which is great. You know, and so you've got to test and try. What would you say is the number one piece of advice you have for marketers for the remainder of 2023? I know you're optimistic and you're not alone that the second half of the year is going to be better after we kind of get through the slog that the first half is looking like being. So what's your number one piece of advice for people who are kind of thinking about the year as a whole, but they're doing it now in like the first quarter of the year? Yeah, I think it's don't neglect awareness. Like I know intent is the, the, the shiny object. I know trying to drive sales that are going to close in the next 15 to 30 days, you know, is what everybody wants. But the challenge with that is we're going to, the pipeline will dry up because you're going to be out of the, you're going to be out of people's consideration set. If you're not staying in front of them, that doesn't mean it has to all be paid. Right. There are ways that you can still drive that top of, you know, top of funnel awareness and sort of medium level consideration from an organic, um, from a community-based conversation. So just don't, don't give up on it. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there who don't have budget or don't have as much budget as they would like to have. And if you don't build the foundation with them now, come the second half of the year, you're going to have a problem. A hundred percent. And I think the other, the other piece to this is, and we've seen this with a few customers where budgets before were just, you know, released, right? Hey, here's your budget. Go do what you want. Now we're seeing marketers come to us and say, Hey, we need a plan with expected results in order to go unlock the budget. And so I, which I actually think is very healthy, by the way, it's like, Hey, why do you think you need a hundred thousand dollars for this? Well, it's like, here's the math, right? Here's what we're going to go do. Here's the historical click through conversion, you know, whatever the attribution model you're, we're using, like, this is how we believe it's going to work. And so I think it's, it's making sure that we've got that foundational element still there. Um, but also just showing people like, this is how much money it is it either is or isn't going to take to drive the results that we think are necessary. So don't be afraid to like put those plans together. Um, and even if the number's scary to be able to present them and say, this is, this is what we believe it is. And maybe we can find some efficiencies or get creative with some of these elements, but likely not all of them. All right. Jason Gladu from Mavani Media. Thanks for joining us on B2B Nation. Thanks, Mike. Thank you again to Jason Gladue from Mavani Media for joining us this week on B2B Nation. Thank you also to Hunter Hill and Amy Dunn from the technology advice team. If you found this episode interesting or insightful, subscribe to the B2B Nation podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever it is you find your podcasts. Mnemonics in the Guild wrote our theme song. We'll catch you next time on B2B Nation. 